0: WLIWFM wfm In Conversation, our special program that brings you dynamic voices from across our region and beyond. Welcome to WLIWFM In Conversation. I'm your host, Diane Michelli, General Manager of WLIWFM, and with us is Jeremy Dennis, Indigenous artist and founder of Moz House and BIPOC Art Studio on the Shinnecock Nation in Southampton, New York. And Hunter Begun, also an indigenous artist and director of production at Ma's House and BIPOC Art Studio and host of the Ma's House podcast. Thank you both for joining us.
1: Yeah, thank you for having us. Thank you.
0: Oh, it's our pleasure. Jeremy, I'm going to start with you. Tell us about Ma's House. Why did you decide to start Ma's House and how did it all come together and what is it?
2: Oh, sure. Um, what? Uh, today, it's a lot of different things, but it started out as a family home built in the 1960s by my grandparents. So a lot of people often wonder if my mom, Denise, is Ma, but it's actually my grandmother, Loretta Silva. So she and my grandfather, Peter, they put together uh, different re- different recycled materials and uh, built Ma's house on the southern tip of the Shinnecock territory today. Um, and so... Uh, Throughout the years, many different family members grew up in the house, including my older sister and I, even my mom, who was the youngest of the six uh, children. um, They grew up in the home. And um, in recent years, unfortunately, it became um, in such disrepair um, through the water exposure, uh, weather damage, and many other things. And so it was always my grandmother's wish to um, turn it into something that's either a family home or even a, a museum if no one else needed to live there. And so finally in uh, June, 2020, um, as a silver lining uh, to the pandemic, we finally had the time and uh, somehow found the resources through um, crowdfunding to restore the home and prevent it from falling in. And so uh, in August, 2021, we opened our doors with the intent of turning it into a communal art space, along with having different um, family and Shinnecock history displays and just having this very dynamic and active um, community center built uh, out of this idea of um, family, um, community, art, and storytelling. And so today we have a residency program for artists of color. We've had about uh, 15 artists come through since August 2021. Wow. And so that's just a wonderful opportunity for a cultural exchange and many other different programs we offer.
0: That's wonderful. And I've seen through the film that you did with All Arts, how you restored Ma's house to what it is today. It was quite a feat. Mm. You had to pull things out of the basement and redo the walls. Tell us a little bit about what that process was like, because I know Mm. it was not a simple project.
2: Oh, sure. Um, Well, the um, structure itself was built out of this um, old uh, church building built in 1845, so I think some builders refer to the material as old um, growth lumber, hmm. which is uh, good. But in our case, there was so much water damage that happened that, unfortunately, um, when my father and I, who were the, uh, we were the ones that primarily restored it, um, we just learned as we <laughs> uh, kept going that like it's YouTube. A, <laughs> yeah, it's like a fifty-fifty <laughs> chance. Like, is it even worth it to restore it, or do we just start over? But um, we just learned quickly and just Mm -hmm. um, reinforced everything and came back day by day, spending a couple hours each and finally getting to to the point of actually having someone live there.
0: Well, I've had the pleasure of visiting and you did an amazing job. And it's just incredible how quickly you were able to do the renovation and also open Ma's house. And now... All of the programs that you have, Hunter. You're the director of production. Tell us a little bit about your work there and some of the programs that you're overseeing these days.
1: Um, so basically, every time we have a new artist in residence, we come. I like to have some sort of chat, whether it's through email or text, and we'll figure out if they want to make a video. And for because every artist resident usually has some sort of workshop, or a couple months ago they even would have a. Uh, a showing of all the art they made during the time. So I will either provide them with a video for the showing or videotape some sort of whatever they were doing on the workshop and turn that into some edited video for that they could post, we could post on YouTube, use for advertising people. Oh, come on on by, check out what we're doing here. And uh, most recently started doing the podcast, and that's been going pretty well. We're almost at 10 episodes now. Wow. I think it's a... Big thieves. Starting from nothing and just going with it is always kind of scary, but made it work. We have so many workshops and things happening in Ma's house, so anytime there's anything going on, I'm just filming and creating content. So I'm basically just the content creator of Ma's Not house just, right now.
0: You are a video artist. Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And tell me a little bit, Jeremy, about the programs that Hunter has mentioned and the exhibits and the artists who've come through Ma's house already.
2: Oh, sure. Um, we, we keep uh, Hunter very <laughs> busy. Um, so at least once a week, we have different um, hands-on and free workshops for both Shinnecock tribal members and the general public to um, basically come and learn a new craft, bring something home, and just appreciate what we have to offer as indigenous people. And sometimes our uh, resident artists also lead those workshops as well. And so Hunter comes in, he um, records that through stills and video, and later a podcast. And I think this is so important to both our mission, but also um, being an indigenous community because um, so often different nations face the issue of invisibility and marginalization. And so it's really important that Hunter uh, come in, um, share our message and share the message of our artists with the rest of the world. And um, I also think a lot about our just just our geographic location on the territory I think everyone might know the smoke shops and the museum and the different developments on the highway uh, just because so many people pass it no matter what. Yes. But we're just so far out of the way that we do need podcasts. Mm-hmm. We do need YouTube videos mm-hmm. and outreach.
0: It, it was interesting driving through the territory to Ma's house. It is deep into the territory. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful land, obviously, and um, but you do have to know how to get there. Mm-hmm. So knowing that it's there, I think, as you mentioned, is very important for people, so that they'll they'll come and see the wonderful work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that some of the artists are um, featuring indigenous art. What is some of the some of the indigenous art and artists who've been at Ma's house, and what people can find when they come there?
2: Oh, sure. So one of the um, parts of our Uh, name as an organization, the full name is Moss House and BIPOC Art Studio, and for those that don't know, uh, BIPOC represents black, indigenous, and uh, people of color artists. And so we've had um, two indigenous artists as official residents so far. Um, We're uh, actually planning on the schedule to have even more and um, allow for stipends for them to travel and come uh, all the way to New York. But so far, we've had my own mother, Denise Silva-Dennis, as an artist. Beautiful work. Um, Yeah, she does uh, beadwork, painting, and many other different things. And we've also had uh, Jamie John, who does Mm -hmm. um, collage work with different um, older photos. And um, basically, does a series about reclaiming ancestors. And so, um, his work is about uh, sort of the era of um, Edward Curtis and these uh, vanishing race myths and trying to basically remix them through visual arts and um, maybe an, a new interpretation behind um, this maybe termination of indigenous people, which I think, unfortunately, is really popular in our minds still.
0: And Hunter, where can we see your work that you're doing with the artists? What's the website for Moz House?
1: So you can go to Mozhouse.studio, I believe, is and then slash podcast, or you can go through the tabs and find it. Um, you can also find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, most places where podcasts are fine, you can find it on there. And uh, for to seeing the actual artist's work, you can go on Moss House YouTube, which I think is Moss House Studio, mm-hmm. same thing. I think almost everything we've done past since July is on there. There was a few times where I need some outside hires to help me record, mm-hmm. aka some of the rest of my family. Yeah there's if you're ever interested in seeing what we're doing you can always go on the YouTube or even on the and the Instagram is also a great place mm-hmm. to go. I think we need more people to know that we have a ton of free workshops. So if you're ever interested just to come on by and like meet everybody or want to learn a new skill, there's tons of very difficult things that we're teaching people to do mm-hmm. by other great artists and they just people some of them are harder than others, but people always end up Picking it up much faster than they would think, and actually having something to take home and show their friends. Like, oh, I actually made a daisy chain somehow in three <laughs> hours, <laughs> and I had no idea what I was doing first minute.
2: And uh, I even usually get involved in the workshops too.
0: The website is Mozhouse dot-
2: uh, studio. So instead of dot com, it's a uh, new domain. Mm-hmm. What is it? Uh, Mazhouse
0: interesting. I didn't know that that was a domain now, but they keep coming up with new ones. And that's perfect for Ma's house. That's mm. wonderful. And when I was there, we saw that you were going to have a mask workshop.
2: Uh, well, that was really awesome. Um, that was Aima uh, Pauly. Uh, they're artists from the San Francisco Bay Area in California. And they did a workshop around the idea of, um, I, I suppose, metaphorically, the masks we put on as people of color to kind of step into the, a day-to-day life. And so it's really the idea of, instead of maybe wearing that mask in the workshop, we created a higher version of ourselves, like the version that we see ourselves in or hope to uh, accomplish or become. And so some of the artists use these bedazzled materials, uh, markers, and other means And uh, we took a group photo and it was really a lot of fun. And (laughs) um, I hope that we continue these type of like multidisciplinary Mm -hmm. workshops that are a little bit unexpected or like you don't really know what everyone's going to come up with.
0: That sounds like a lot of fun. And it's it's great that you're chronicling it so that people can then go and see it and be inspired to come to Ma's house and participate or just inspired by the work that Mm -hmm. they see. That's Mm -hmm. wonderful. This is WLIW-FM In Conversation. I'm Diane Michelli, and we're speaking with Jeremy Dennis, Indigenous artist and founder of Ma's House and BIPOC Art Studio on the Shinnecock Nation in Southampton, New York, and Hunter Begun, director of production at Ma's House and BIPOC Art Studio, host of Ma's House podcast, and Indigenous artists as well. Jeremy and Hunter, what is the significance of a BIPOC-focused art studio in the Hamptons?
2: Well, just the very existence of it being known as the Hamptons, it's so many more things, and yet I think when people um, look at that part of the country, it's just in our minds we think of the beaches, the mansions, the parties, but we as uh, Shinnecock people, we've been here for more than 10,000 years, and uh, ironically, that whole story has been um, turned invisible and so it's, a, it's an incredible story of resilience. Like how did we remain here um, so close to the first contact um, 400 years ago and uh, stay on our ancestral territories, uh, especially with the price of real estate and even people who have lived here as um, maybe settlers having their own homes being taken and having to move on. And so I think that um, besides that, the space is uh, based on art and art appreciation. And so I found in my own experience as an individual artist that um, we do have a rich history of the arts on the East End. Um, There's many individuals who had studios out here, but um, trying to be supported as an artist, there's still a lot of um, shortcomings. And so I think that we definitely need more spaces to either pop up and be led by people of color, or maybe the existing institutions actually need to transform their boards, their staff, who they uh, represent and show, just because that's just the basic um, mission of museums. You have to represent the community. You can't just show whoever the board wants to show or whoever they have in their collection. And so um, I I think when I started Moz house, I actually had like the optimism. I was just like, well, this is just going to be like another partnering museum or space and everything else is just fine for now. But um, strangely enough, when I um, started building it, I started having like, Uh, this is an issue with their institution that I'm learning that we could do this differently. And so it's really this learning experience of like what is possible and what can we accomplish even with our modest means.
0: Hunter, what do you think?
2: I definitely think it's like one of the
1: safest spaces for artists of color around in New York. I can think of, especially in this part of New York, there is a we're surrounded by other people doing all sorts of things in the day to day. And then they come in to this very small, tight knit community where they can really focus on themselves and in their surroundings because everyone who comes in is like, oh, I've been looking at the trees, and they feel like the trees are speaking to them, and like the land is giving them inspiration. One most important thing, I think, is that they feel safe to express themselves in the best way they can find possible through their art. And without that, without my I don't feel like uh, they wouldn't always have the opportunity to do that. So that's what we're trying to provide them.
0: I want to go back to ask you, to talk about your podcast sure so you're hunter you're also the host of ma's house mm-hmm. podcast what is the focus of the podcast and some of the topics that you cover
1: i like to vary the, the topics but usually it comes back to the artist whoever we have there, um, focusing their art how they discovered us their process of making art how it changes from when they're at home to when they're here how they see their art transforming over the next few years what they would like it to become and they're like kind of artist mission of like what do they want to happen what do they want to express through their art and then sometimes we just talk about like ghosts if they <laughs> leave ghost um music i end up going back to music a lot cause that's where i draw my inspiration from usually that's how i started becoming the artist with music videos and podcast is basically just a archive of all the artists we have ever had at ma's house went back and we uh Talk to every single alumni we ever had. Just the alumni podcast shows. I've been calling it very interesting.
0: Who? What are some of the names of the people that you've spoken to on your podcast?
1: My first one ever was a uh, Simone Johnson. That was a good one. She was the first one. I am um, a Pauly. I am Leppa. They're also from California. Erica Morales, Jacob Reyes.
0: Right, do you do them when they're in residency? or do you, And the alumni, obviously, you yeah. went back and did them. But when somebody comes and is an artist in residence at Ma's house and they stay at Ma's house and they do their work, and is that when you are doing the podcasts now?
1: Mm-hmm. I would give them, so usually if they're staying a week, mm-hmm. they, the stay usually goes from a week to like a month, I think, is the max what we allow mm-hmm. usually. So if they're staying for a week, I'll give them like four days. And then now that they've settled in and started doing work, then we'll have our conversation if it, they're staying for like a couple weeks, then like halfway in, two thirds of the way, and then we'll sit down and talk because then they always have interesting experiences now at that point. And they've befriend, become friends with everyone in the area, they've met most of my family, and <laughs> they always have nice things to say, which is nice. <laughs> um, yeah,
0: and you're a video artist, you're obviously, as we mentioned, the director of production, you're also doing podcasts now. Jeremy, you're also an artist. Tell us a little bit about your personal art.
2: Oh, sure. What I prefer to do most with my uh, digital photography is uh, portraiture. And so when I was in school, I was uh, first doing studio art. That was my major. And I did everything from sculpture, printmaking, uh, oil painting. And I think it was like the last semester of my senior year, I finally got a film camera. And so uh, I think that that kind of was the end goal of all those other different mediums led you there yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) just those different um, experiences like with painting it teaches you how to burn and dodge in photography sculpture allows you to build objects to Mm -hmm. photograph and printmaking helps you learn about editions and so I think it's really a good rounded way to Mm -hmm. finally get to your preferred medium but I just really love to do uh, research and the reason why that's My personal experience is because I actually went to um, undergrad for computer science. So I was doing this like... uh, (laughs)
0: Multi-talented.
2: That worked for a while. And it was all about coding, practicality, and Mm -hmm. logic. And so when you go from that to art, you're always thinking about practicality. And so I wanted to use my art to educate as much as possible. And so I never really think and produce as I imagine many artists do, just trying to um, create beautiful things usually i usually um, go to libraries and different archives to find books and passages and try to represent those in imagery and i think that uh, by doing that you kind of invite the viewer to maybe investigate on their own or want to uh, learn more about what they're looking at and so i do that a lot with my uh, visual storytelling and uh, directing people in my portraits And in recent years, I started a project called On This Site, uh, Indigenous Long Island, and it's a landscape um, history-based photography project that goes um, site-by-site throughout Long Island, New York, documenting and archiving and presenting different native sites. And the reason why it's mapped and uh, location-based is just because we have a 10,000-year history on Long Island, and people are always... uh, unfortunately dismissive that, oh, that happened so long ago or we can no longer see some of the things that you're uh, speaking about. But these are really places that we pass every day and you really can't take away like the relevance in that way and how urgent these sites are in terms of maybe acknowledgement or preservation mm-hmm. or just trying to tell the stories of who we are.
0: And can we see your work at Ma's house?
2: Uh, well, the uh, front area of Ma's house is always changing We're transitioning to two to three month exhibits by guest artists. But I do have uh, some of my art throughout the house and most of my art's boxed up. So uh, hopefully it's just out on display in the world and (laughs) it comes back in a box somehow.
0: I've seen some of your work and it's stunning. I look forward to seeing more of it when it Mm -hmm. comes back in those boxes. Mm -hmm. And you can see it at Ma's house. And what's next for Ma's house?
2: We have a lot of uh, projects that are coming up. I think the most successful thing that we always look out for are um, satellite partnerships. So we're starting to work with a lot of different nonprofits to um, take the artworks and archives that we've um, collected through the residency and bring them to new spaces and venues to Mm -hmm. celebrate the artists, um, share their message and their voice, and also just allowing those nonprofits to maybe change up their programming. And so um, I think the spirit of what I do a lot as an artist and what Ma's house is about is that same spirit of powwow and that idea of gathering of nations and gathering of communities. And so when you can do that through art and do it year round, instead of just four days out of the year, I think it's a really successful recipe for bringing people together.
0: It seems like that's what you're doing, bringing people together and really exposing them to some beautiful art at the same time. So thank you for that. Anything else that we haven't touched on that you think is important that you want to share about Ma's house?
1: Speaking of the last question with new things that are happening in Mouse House, new uh in the near future, um, since I am a video artist, and it might not sound like it, but I actually do love comedy, so um <laughs> I don't think I've done a good job of expecting that.
0: Do you do stand up?
1: Uh, maybe one day. Mm-hmm. That's if That's I kinda at wanna Mouse do, House a new thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> yeah. kind of uh, to be I kinda wanna do like voice acting and things like that. So in comedy, just everyone that in the industry says, Oh, you should do some stand up just to get used to it. But since I'm a video artist and I've just been doing a podcast and there's no video, I'm going to soon change it into kind of like a TV show. Maybe would be shorter. Usually the podcast like an hour. So it would be like 30 minutes with the artists. Uh, if you guys like Jeremy, he's, I'm going to force him to be the first person on the show. <laughs> so you can look for that.
0: Well, everything these days is multi-platform. Mm-hmm. So that makes perfect sense. And it's a great evolution of what you're doing and what you're doing as well at Ma's house, all of it together is a multi-platform or a multi, you know, disciplinary experience is what you're you're describing. And, you know, thank you for bringing such richness to all of our lives. Sounds wonderful. And we'll look forward to all the new things that are are coming our way from Ma's house. Thanks so much, Jeremy and Hunter. Jeremy Dennis is an indigenous artist and founder of Ma's house and BIPOC art studio, on the Shinnecock Nation in Southampton, New York. And Hunter Begun is also an Indigenous artist and director of production at Moz House and BIPOC Art Studio and host of the Moz House podcast. This is WLIW-FM In Conversation on 88.3 FM on the East End in Southern Connecticut and 96.9 FM in Western Suffolk. You can listen to more episodes of WLIW-FM In Conversation on our website at WLIW.org radio and on the NPR One app, as well as other streaming apps and podcast platforms. And you can follow us at WLIW-FM on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm your host, Diane Michelli. General Manager of WLIWFM, thanks for joining us for this latest episode of WLIWFM fm In Conversation.
1: We hope you've enjoyed this episode of
0: wliw In Conversation, our special program that brings you dynamic voices from across our region and beyond.